What is emotional regulation? Why is it so difficult to control your emotions sometimes? And what's the difference between responding and reacting? And how can you learn to regulate your emotions? That's what I'm talking about this week here on Let's Talk About Mental Health, the weekly podcast that teaches you how to look after your well-being. So get comfortable and let's talk about mental health. Hello and welcome to episode 198 and thanks so much for joining me as I talk about emotional regulation and mental health. I'm Jeremy Godwin and I share practical tips you can apply immediately based on quality research and my own personal experience following a breakdown in late 2011 that changed my life. Each week I look at how to improve one specific aspect of your well-being. In this episode, I'll be talking about what emotional regulation is and what it isn't, why it matters, and how to regulate your emotions for the sake of your mental health. So, let's talk about emotional regulation. In 1991, the musical enigma Mariah Carey declared, You've got me feeling emotions deeper than I've ever dreamed of. And while she did like the way she felt inside, which might have been a double entendre now that I think about it, Our emotions can often be a mixed bag between flying high like a Mariah Whistle note and the low lows, like having to watch karaoke singers butcher this Mariah classic. And here's a random fun fact. Emotions was written by Mariah and the two guys from CNC Music Factory, David Cole and Robert Clevillies. So a handy bit of trivia you'll probably never use in your entire life. Emotions can be a wonderful, messy, painful, and exhausting part of life, and often all of those things at the same time. Love will make us do crazy things. Fear will stop us from doing things, even if they're things we should be doing. And anger will often have us doing and saying things we probably shouldn't be doing or saying, or at least not without a lot more thought and consideration before doing them. But as chaotic, grimy, and sticky as emotions can be sometimes, they're the thing that adds spice and flavor to life, and they make things genuinely interesting. The trick, however, is to learn how to regulate them so that you remain in control of them instead of your emotions controlling you, and so you can manage them by finding a healthy balance between emotional reaction and rational responses. So let's go through some definitions and let's talk about what is emotional regulation. Emotional regulation refers to your ability to manage and respond to your emotional experiences in a controlled and appropriate manner. So in a nutshell, it's about whether or not your emotions regularly hijack you and run the show, or if you're able to manage them effectively in order to take time to respond more thoughtfully, rather than just reacting and potentially making a mess of things. When it comes to your mental health, being able to effectively manage your emotions helps you to be more thoughtful, to remain in control, to manage your relationships with other people in a more considered way, to be more resilient in the face of challenges, and to keep your emotions in check so that they don't create bigger issues. So let me be very clear here and point out that when I talk about emotional regulation, 
I'm not talking about emotional suppression, because quite frankly, that's probably the worst thing you can ever do. We need to deal with our emotions in a mindful and considered way, because trying to suppress your emotions or push them down and pretend that they're not there isn't healthy and it isn't a sustainable long-term option. At some point, you're going to explode, like Mount Vesuvius raining down lava on the people of Pompeii, maybe even creating a catastrophe so big that we'll still be talking about it in 2,000 years. Here's the thing. Emotions are not bad. In fact, they're important because they tell us how we really feel about situations or events. It's what you do with your emotions that matters. How you process them, how you handle them, and how you let them inform the choices that you make about what you do and say. On their own, our emotions can often be raw, messy, and erratic, and they don't give us the full picture of things. And so, quite often, they can also be wrong especially when they're based on assumptions or jumping to conclusions with only a small part of information, like where we might see or hear something and think it's about one thing, but it's actually about something else. What your emotions need is rational thought to balance them out. Just taking your emotional reaction and running with it, like a bull in a china shop, and without any logical or rational thought added in, is the equivalent of driving blindfolded. It's inevitable that you're going to crash that car and make a mess eventually. It's just a matter of when. And that leads me to also talk about emotional dysregulation. What's that, you ask? Well, it refers to having an inability to effectively manage and respond to your emotional experiences. It's characterized by extreme rapid fluctuations in mood and emotional responses that can often seem out of proportion to the situation at hand. People with emotional dysregulation often have a hard time calming themselves down once they become upset, and they might struggle to understand or explain their reactions, which can lead to difficulties in personal relationships, work settings, and other areas of life. It's commonly associated with several mental health conditions, including borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder, among others. But it's also something to be conscious of just generally if you find it hard to control your emotional state for a long period of time. I'm sharing lots of different things you can do to regulate your emotions today. However, I'll just flag here that if you try everything and are still struggling, then it's worthwhile speaking with your doctor or a psychiatrist who can assess the situation and see if this may be just one part of a larger condition or disorder. So now let's talk about why emotional regulation matters. And it matters because it's about choosing to think before you speak or act. When you do that, You can make more informed choices about how to respond in a considered manner, instead of just reacting in the heat of the moment and most likely creating a bigger mess. The thing is that once you've said or done something, there's no taking it back. 
You cannot ever stuff that genie back in the bottle, even if you rub it the right way, like Christina Aguilera once suggested. What's done is done. And since you can't go back in time and change it, that means you have to live with the consequences of your actions. I mean, even Cher acknowledged in 1989 that she wanted to take back those words that have hurt you, but alas, she was unable to conquer the forces of space and time. And I mean, if even the great and powerful Cher can't turn back time, then what hope do the rest of us have? (laughs) Now, I don't say all of that to rattle your cage or make you feel bad about yourself. But the thing we all have to bear in mind when it comes to our emotions is that nobody is responsible for them but ourselves. Bummer, huh? Sure, I can be angry about what somebody said or did to me, but that's my emotional stuff to deal with, and no amount of hurling my emotions at other people is going to do anything other than make the situation even more emotional. Your emotions aren't anybody else's responsibility, just as you're not responsible for what someone else feels. Let me explain what I mean. You're accountable for your own emotions and what you choose to do with them, which is why I challenge people who say things like, you made me feel this, or you made me do that, No, I may have contributed to your general emotional state, but you're the one who chooses what to do with your emotions and how to either just react to them or respond in a more thoughtful way. Do you see what I mean? The same goes for other people interacting with you. Nobody can actually make you feel some type of way. It's their words and actions that you're having an emotional reaction to, which is then your responsibility to decide how to either react or respond. I know, I know, it's all very philosophical, but just think of it this way. You're in charge of how you handle your emotions. While others can influence how you feel, it's up to you to decide how to react or respond thoughtfully to those feelings. It's like. Honestly, at some point, you have to just step back and work through your emotions so you can figure out how to deal with them and how to resolve whatever the issue is that you're dealing with. Because, just in case you didn't already know, your emotions are not going away until you deal with them. But you knew that. Learning how to manage and regulate your emotions is beneficial for a whole bunch of reasons. It leads to better relationships because you can have constructive conversations and healthy communication. It boosts your self-esteem and confidence because you can deal with feelings like nervousness and worry in an effective way, even potentially harnessing those emotions to fuel you to do better. It makes you more successful at work because you can effectively handle disappointments and frustrations. It improves your problem-solving skills because it helps you to look for solutions rather than fixating on issues. It improves your concentration and focus because you're less distracted by a whirlwind of emotions. 
it can actually increase your enjoyment of life because you learn how to manage the negative emotions while also amplifying the positive ones, which can make your life feel richer and more fulfilling. And not only does it improve your resilience, which is always a positive thing, but it also makes it easier to choose healthy coping mechanisms because you're less bogged down by the weight of difficult emotions, which can very often make it harder to resist unhealthy coping mechanisms. Learning how to regulate your emotions is like building your own handy little toolkit for whenever life throws a curveball at you. Look at me making a sports reference. I think that's one from golf. (laughs) Things often happen unexpectedly or just randomly, like having a disagreement with a colleague, receiving an unexpectedly high bill, or even rain on your wedding day, or 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. Thank you, Alanis Morissette. Emotional regulation helps you to deal with all the cuckoo loco stuff that life seems to enjoy throwing our way. And it can help you to stay on track while also embracing the ups and downs of life so you can navigate them in a graceful way. And the great thing is that the more you work on it, the better your skills become. So how do you do that? Well, let's first take a quick break to hear from the brands who help me create this show each week. And welcome back. Now let's get into the how-to part of today's episode, and let's talk about how to regulate your emotions for the sake of your mental health. And I'm going to start by focusing on what to do in the moment if you feel overwhelmed or hijacked by your emotions, and then I'll talk about longer-term things you can do. So, in the moment... Start with a simple yet powerful piece of advice, which is to stop. And by that, I mean to stop if and when you're feeling emotionally overstimulated or triggered and simply breathe. And yes, I do make this suggestion a lot because it works. Emotional stimulation can trigger your nervous system. And so when we stop and focus purely on our breath for a couple of minutes, We can gently bring ourselves back to a place of calm and therefore regulate our sympathetic nervous system. Focused, gentle, rhythmic breathing is the quickest, simplest, and probably most effective way to soothe your nerves and settle your emotions. Another way is with my next tip, take a break. And that could be as simple as going for a walk for five minutes to cool off, or maybe taking a few days or even a few weeks before you decide how best to proceed. Do you know why it really helps when you put a rambunctious or misbehaving child on a timeout? Because it settles the nerves and calms the mind. Put yourself on a timeout if and when you need to. There's this kind of myth that we absolutely have to deal with an issue in the moment. And I used to be one of those people that just had to resolve it straight away. But what that does is to force you to make choices in the moment that may not necessarily be as thoughtful or informed as they could or should be. When you take a break away from whatever the situation is that has set off the emotional reaction, It gives you space to breathe 
and space to think. That will help you with my next point, label your emotions. Be clear and identify what you're feeling, the specific emotion or emotions, and then ask yourself why you feel that way. This, along with the breathing piece, is my go-to suggestion for handling any kind of trigger or challenging situation. Pause, breathe, label what, identify why. When you label what the emotion is that you're feeling, you're actively engaging your rational brain to come and join the conversation, helping you make a more balanced assessment of the situation that isn't just based on pure emotion. And when you identify why you feel that way, you're activating your self-awareness and taking the time to figure out what the real issue is, since often there's a lot more going on than just the specific event or situation you feel some type of way about. Okay, next, ground yourself. And by that, I mean to consciously bring your focus back into the present moment to anchor you so that you don't feel scattered or discombobulated, which (laughs) just so happens to be one of my favorite words in the English language. And I've been wanting to use it in an episode for ages. So I'm feeling quite pleased with myself. (laughs) Although apologies and good luck to my translators trying to figure, figure out how to handle that word. And by the way, That's a timely reminder that you can read the full transcript for this episode on my website at ltamh.com in English, Spanish, or Portuguese. So the simplest way to ground yourself is to focus on your immediate physical surroundings and sensations. Try using the 54321 method where you identify five things you can see, four you can touch, three you can hear, two you can smell, and one you can taste. Okay, next, distract yourself. Do something to divert your attention away from the emotion or whatever is going on to set off your emotions. You could listen to music, draw, read, do a puzzle, anything to shift your focus. Counting or reciting is really helpful too. Try counting backwards from 100 in blocks of seven or recite the lyrics to a song. I find Michael Jackson's 1982 classic Wanna Be Starting Something helpful because then I can distract myself by repeating Mama Say Mama Sa Mama Kusa over and over again. Maybe with the odd hee hee thrown in for good measure to keep it authentic. (laughs) Or I'll randomly start reciting the opening lines of Wanna Be by the Spice Girls which I won't do now, even though I'm highly tempted. The point is that after a minute or two of telling myself that I'm going to tell myself what I really, really want, I'm usually good and distracted from the initial emotion. So it does the trick for me. Find what works for you. And do feel free to leave me a comment on Instagram and let me know what your go-to is. You'll find me at LTA Mental Health. Okay, next, progressive muscle relaxation. And I thought I'd better be a professional and pop a more formal sounding technique in here in amongst all the random pop culture references. 
This is a simple technique that involves tensing and then relaxing each muscle group in the body one by one, which helps to calm your mind. Starting from your toes, tense the muscles for a few seconds and then release. Work your way up one by one through your legs, abdomen, chest, hands, arms, shoulders, neck, and face. If you're still not calm after that, repeat. Okay, next, put things into perspective. Most of the stuff we think is of critical importance today isn't going to matter in a week, let alone in a year. So look at the big picture, which was a topic I covered in episode 186 not too long ago. If you don't believe me, Try to think about things that happened last year or the year before and see just how many of them still matter today. What's that? Very few of them still matter? I mean, I don't like to say I told you so, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to say it. (laughs) When emotions are high, everything seems important. But if you just give it a little time and space, you can look at things more objectively and rationally. Okay, next, talk to someone. If you're struggling in the moment, talk to a friend or family member so you can get things off your chest. I find it helps to let them know up front whether I'm looking for a sympathetic ear or for advice. Okay, now let's talk about longer-term things you can and should do to build your ability to regulate your emotions, starting with address underlying challenges. So remember how earlier I encouraged you to identify what you're feeling and why? Well, it's the why that's of particular interest when you're thinking about the bigger picture, because that's where you can take a step back and start to pick up on themes and patterns that potentially need more attention to address them. So if you often find yourself hijacked by your emotions at work, then clearly something needs to be done to address the issue or issues at work. For example, if a particular colleague regularly drives you up the wall, then something needs to change. And since you can only control yourself and what you choose to do and say, That means the change begins and ends with you and the choices that you make. A great way to begin to see patterns over a period of time is to do my next point, journal. And I know that not everyone feels comfortable with journaling. And so if that's you, then just jot down a few sentences at the end of each day about things that worked well and things that didn't work so well, either in your phone or in a notebook. I have a simple daily self-reflection tool available to buy for the price of just two coffees. Actually, probably more like one coffee if you live in a big city. And it's linked in the episode description. It will help you to focus daily on the things that improve your mental health and to also build up a bigger picture view of challenges and opportunities over time. Plus, you'll be supporting my work by purchasing it. So, you know, hooray and thank you. (laughs) Okay, next. Know your triggers and manage them. We all have particular things that can set us off. Mine is overtaking someone who was doing 20 under the speed limit 
And then as I'm overtaking, they magically accelerate well over the speed limit. Drives me mental, and it happens a lot in our area. I know that it triggers me. So I'm trying something different by laughing about the stupidity of it instead of letting it make my blood boil. And it's working, although I still want to yell at them for being an idiot. When you know what your triggers are, you can be prepared for them and have things in place for how to manage them. And I explained how to do that in episode 91 about triggers. Next, set boundaries which basically just means to know your limits, know what you will and won't accept, and then stick to it. I've talked about boundaries quite a few times in my videos, plus I did an episode on it, episode 53, so I'll keep it brief, other than to say you're in control of who has access to you, as well as what that access looks and feels like. So take back control if and when you need to. Next, build your self-awareness. Take time to understand your emotions and how you tend to view the world. You may even find it helpful to set a reminder for several times throughout the day to check in with yourself and acknowledge what you're feeling and why, which can help you become more familiar with identifying your emotional state. Next, avoid alcohol or drugs, because substances like these lower your inhibitions, making it harder for you to regulate your emotions and more likely, you'll say or do something you'll regret the next day. And if you're interested in learning about the damage that alcohol does to your mental health, check out episode 191. Okay, next, get support. And by that, I mean support in the form of therapy or counselling if you struggle with regulating your emotions. Look, there are lots of things that you can and should do to manage your mental health and your behaviour. But don't try to be a superhero and do it all on your own if you really can't. There's no shame in asking for help. I myself see a therapist once every two weeks, and it really helps me work through issues before they become problems. And you can also find tips on how to regulate your emotions at work in my latest video. It's out now on YouTube and Spotify, and it's linked in the episode description. Because when it comes to emotional regulation and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. When it comes to your emotions, it's important to make like a 1980s TV show and ask, who's the boss? If the answer isn't you, then you've got some work to do. Your emotions can either control you or you can control them. Only one of those options will lead to healthy outcomes. And it isn't letting your emotions run the show. Emotions help us to understand how we feel about things, but they need to be balanced with rational thought so that we can make informed decisions in our lives. The choice is yours, as it is with all things related to your well-being. So what choice will you make today? Each week, I like to finish up by sharing a quote about the week's topic, and I encourage you to take a few moments to really reflect on it and consider what it means to you. This week's quote is by an unknown author, and it is, don't make a permanent decision based on your temporary emotion. Let me repeat that. Don't make a permanent decision based on your temporary emotion. Alright, that's nearly it for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about attachment. 
Our relationships with other people play a huge role in our lives. But if we wind up overly attached to someone or even dependent on them, that can cause a great deal of harm in the long term. Like all things, it's about finding a balance. And that's what I'll be exploring next time. I'll be talking about what attachment is, why managing it carefully matters, and how to manage attachment in a healthy way. I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released on Sunday, the 1st of October, 2023. You'll find more mental health content on my YouTube channel and in my weekly newsletter, Thursday Thoughts, plus on my two Instagram accounts, at LTA Mental Health, and it's Jeremy Godwin, where I post extra content daily. And if you'd like to support my work and get ad-free episodes and bonus content, as well as access to episodes a week before everyone else, then become a supporter on Patreon. You'll find all of those linked in the episode description and in the transcript at ltamh.com. Thank you very much for joining me today. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to share positivity and kindness out into the world because you get back what you put out. Take care and talk to you next time. Let's Talk About Mental Health is an independent program proudly produced by Reconnaissance Media, helping you find meaning and gratitude. For more information, visit reconnaissancemedia.com. 